we are making strides in the right direction. It's just getting through to people that we're part of the community too. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. So, Charlie, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Good. Excited to be here. Uh, Busy as ever, but very excited to be here. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time in your busy, busy day to um, come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to this chat because I think we've got a lot in common. So I think it'll be really fun to like dive into that. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. So the first question that I ask absolutely every single guest is how do you refer to your disability? Oh, good question. How do I refer to my disability? Apart from just an outright pain in the ass. Um I so I I'm very easygoing. I run a, a platform called Not Quite Politically Correct that focuses on basically being as open as friend and as friendly as possible. So I frankly, as long as you don't use like seriously derogatory terms, I'm happy for you to refer to my disability however you like. I have cerebral mm-hmm. palsy, so some people refer to it as CP, some people refer to it as its full name, some people say whether you're diaplegic or quadriplegic, but I'm very happy go lucky I don't really have a set phrase that I go by I'm happy to be called a disabled individual happy to be called a differently abled individual I I really don't care um which is I suppose maybe a little bit different to some people in the community um and and there's nothing wrong with that I just feel that I'm not really I don't have any strong feelings to one or the other so I don't mind really I think that's a really good place to be in though because I think you know, as disabled people and disabled humans, like we can get caught up in semantics of of what you refer to disability as, or like, you know, everybody has a very individual spin. And that's why I like to ask that question, because I think regardless of what your disability is, even if you had two people with the exact same disability, they will refer to it and they will engage with their disability in a completely different way. So it's always completely down to the individual. And like, it's really great that you're actually like non too plussed about it because there are so many people who feel very strongly about how they refer to their disability that, and I think sometimes that's where people can get a bit confused if then like, mm-hmm. you know, the non-disabled community, they get a bit confused because they, they don't know what to say or how to act or or what to yeah. even call your disability. They feel quite unsafe. And that's that's what my page tries to tackle is to try and say, look, like I'd much rather you spit out the question that you've got in your head and we sort out whether it's politically correct and the right way to say it after you've said it, rather than you sit there just staring at me like I'm an alien. I'd rather let's just get the let's get the elephant out of the room and discuss my disability. Cause I know that's normally the main question that everyone's going, shit, how do I approach this? Yeah. And and that's the thing, it's it's trying to point out that trying to open I'm trying to open that door and say look I don't mind what you want to ask me about just just ask me my name first don't mm-hmm. go straight in for the jugular and go right <laughs> answer this question and you're like oh, okay didn't realize I was being interrogated but thanks yeah like at least warm me up a bit before we like dive in straight to like the yeah. deep new questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so for you obviously you were born with CP and what was that experience like for you as a disabled child growing up? What was school like for you? Uh, 
just just not to be a uh, pain in the butt, but I wasn't technically born with it. Um, and I oh ba- wow, and, common story. No, so I wasn't technically born with it. Um, I caught a throat infection at around about four weeks old and got sent home from the hospital too early. And because of that, uh, basically, I didn't have enough white blood cells to fight off the infection that I caught while being out of hospital. Stopped uh-huh. breathing and because of lack of air to the brain, um, caused what we what we now know as cerebral palsy. Um, so it's a bit of a weird one because, like, I I don't know anything other than like obviously because it happened so early on. I don't know any other. So like. I have the same, I suppose, the same experience as to someone that would have been born with it, yeah. but it catches a load of people out to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I died seven times. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, like, I need to apologise for the massive faux pas on my account. Like, as a disabled person, this just proves that disabled people also can get it wrong. So, like, welcome to the real yeah. world. But also, what? Like, that yeah. was the, like, bombshell that you just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to drop you in it. I just thought it's a cool story and it's a cool place to like, it's a cool thing to start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have, but if I don't know, I know you're recording this, but for those that are listening to this, um, I have a tattoo on my arm that has the date in which I stopped breathing. And people find that really morbid that I have that permanent reminder. But like at the end of the day, I view my disability as something that shaped me into the person I am today. Prime mm-hmm. example, I wouldn't run the businesses I run and the projects that I run, if I didn't have a disability, I'd probably knowing what I'm like, want to try out being a professional footballer, fail miserably and move on to something else. (laughs) I think that's like, I actually love the fact that you have that tattooed on you because I think I probably would also do something very similar that it's a reminder that actually like you're here again and like, yeah, we're on a floating rock at the end of the day. Like I always, if something yeah. big upsets <laughs> yeah. me, I'm like, the reality of life is I'm on a floating rock in space. Like that is our reality. So I, I kind of get it. I think it's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that background thought of you're on a floating rock and technically you're not really worth. Like it's it's really weird. Like it's a real concept because I don't want to say you're not worth anything, but in the grand scheme of things you're just one dude or one lady it's it's, yeah it's really it's a really weird way to think but yeah it's true it's true it's that grounding of uh, like I always think of if that didn't happen where would I be and like you sit there thinking that's a crazy turn to take and also I sit there and it also reminds me like god I must have scared the absolute life out of my parents (laughs) yeah just being like do you know what eighth time round hmm I'm going to stick around for a bit. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> Eight times the charm, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, yeah. So like for me, going back to your question, because I realised I sort of took it on a different tangent. Growing up was, um, I'd say I probably experienced a lot of what physically disabled people experience, particularly those that go to a mainstream school. So primary school was a very, very, very positive experience because my experience is, Young people just don't, like, young kids don't care. They don't care if you've got a disability or not, whether you've got ginger hair, dark hair, they really couldn't care less. It's when you started stepping into that secondary school world, or for those that are listening, if you're over in the States, when you move into, like, high school and things like that, that's when things, for me, really changed. 
because like you're all as anyone is you're trying to find your group and find what who you are and what you are and and what you want to be interested in so it's yeah so that was when I started coming up against a bit more I mean for god's sakes I'm ginger in a wheelchair and about five foot three <laughs> so like you can imagine the teasing that happened um yeah. but but then I always say so I went to primary school as anyone uh secondary school as anyone would trying to get in with the popular crew and then that just didn't wasn't me like it wasn't yeah. where I fitted in and then I found my weirdo bunch of friends that I got now um and that was where I really felt comfortable and could be completely myself didn't have to watch what I was saying and kind of could we all had the same dark twisted sense of humor <laughs> um and then yeah and after that in terms of like grades and stuff I did okay I didn't do fantastic obviously had support so I got yeah. um 25% extra time uh had a scribe as well um yeah that it was all pretty standard yeah hate to say it but it was it was pretty vanilla there was nothing really exciting that happened really yeah I think it's hilarious that you brought up the fact that you and your friends have like a really dark weird sense of humor because I do think there is something quite inherent with disabled people and also like (laughs) having a dark sense of humor like they tend to come hand in hand and I'm pretty sure like I don't actually know a disabled person who doesn't have a dark sense of humor (laughs) yeah I always remember so I was sitting in my office at my job so I've been at my job about a year and a half Mm -hmm. and team member I very rarely spoke to knew of her lovely very soft-spoken but I remember sitting there and she was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go out for a walk and without thinking I like all the autopilot went wouldn't know what that's like and like I didn't mean anything by it but I just (laughs) said it without thinking (laughs) and she was absolutely mortified didn't know whether to laugh cry hide didn't know what to do just wanted the ground to swallow her up (laughs) yep but then I I always explain to people I'm like look I've those sort of jokes laugh like it's it's much funnier if you laugh at it with me as opposed to me just making you feel really awkward yeah exactly and also I do tend to think they're quite a good judge of character of of the other person because you know if they laugh or snigger you're probably gonna get on with them yeah and also I I often about yourself I often use it as an icebreaker so like people, you can see them, they're all 10. So they want to ask you about your disability or they want to ask what happened or whatever, but they don't know how to approach it because they don't know whether you're going to bite their head off or welcome mm. the conversation. So I often use that. And it's a tactic that not all people are comfortable using because then you're encouraging people to, I suppose, take the piss. But yeah. Um, yeah, I use it as an icebreaker to say, look, like, if you want to chat about my disability we can and I'm really happy go lucky about it so don't feel that any questions off the table I mean as you said as we said earlier just start with the basics first don't go straight in with Leo right so tell me about your love life and I'm like (laughs) here we go people are obsessed with asking that question people (laughs) freaking love that question and I'm like oh and there must be something in the air when people need to ask it. Like they're just curious and they want to know. But it's it's the yeah. way that people ask you about that particular like subsection yeah. of your life. <laughs> yep. It's just, I mean, I can't really say anything because I've done pieces of content surrounding it. So I am very open and honest about yeah. it. But it's so weird how people just go straight into the jugular. Like not even, hi, Charlie, let me buy you a drink first. It's straight like, so 
How many girlfriends have you had? Are they are they all real? Or <laughs> it's oh like my God. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> oh, it's the, my first well, why is everyone's autopilot? Oh, you've got a girlfriend. Is she disabled? Huh? I do you think there's a telepathy thing where we all get together and go, yeah. yes, we must we must be. <laughs> so it's so funny because I recently had a coach that I work with in CrossFit. And I was talking about a skipping rope that's specifically designed for people who only have like upper limb like impairments. Like that's the technical CrossFit term for it. And he turned to me and he was like, well, do you not have any mates that you could borrow one off? And I was like, do you think that we all know each other? Like, do you think (laughs) there's a group where we all like chat and we like swap stories and and we like send each other items that we think are going to be useful. Like that's that's not really how it works. Yeah. No, no. Or they are my other favourites. Oh, I've got a friend who's also in a wheelchair. She lives in Australia. Do you know her? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's such, it's such a classic one. Oh, my favourite one that I've ever had is like, bear in mind that like my disability is solely to do with my arm. Like mobility doesn't really affect me all that much. I got someone yeah. come up to me and was like, oh, my son's got spina bifida too. And I was like, are you aware they're, they're very, very different? Very, very different. Yeah, just a t- just small, just, just a tiny bit. It's amazing. Uh, it is amazing. It's a weird place, this world. Like we said, like we're on a floating rock. So like, are we surprised? Yeah. Like, are we really surprised? No. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> so for you and your career, I always like yep. to ask, being like a disabled person, did that like affect how your career path went or like what career path you went down? How how did it manifest yeah. or how did it not manifest for like what you yep. do now? I actually, uh, and I don't want to be a negative ninny, but actually the huge impact on the grip I took. So, for example, mm-hmm. I did really well in performing arts in school yeah. to the point to the point where my drama teachers were like, ah, he's a shoe in for the Brit school or like yeah. any performing arts school. Like I I got not not to brag, but I got like A stars across the board in performing yeah. arts. But I didn't put, I didn't pursue a career in performing arts purely because the roles weren't there. Well, I felt that the roles weren't there mm. to take up and the, the career wasn't there to earn enough money to be able to live. Yeah. So then I looked at other options, looked at what I could do and actually sat there and thought sitting behind a desk is probably more practical, to be honest. Mm. Um, and that's the thing. And then it's taking me down a different path. But then again, I do so many projects now off my own accord. And I'm in full control of those and, and have had some great experiences. So on the one hand, I had a huge impact in terms of coming out of school and going straight yeah. into my pro and dream career. Like I originally went into digital marketing, uh, had a little bit of a negative experience in one company and then moved into more what I do now working in local government. But it's a bit more yeah. of, it's more of a, and I'm sorry if any managers are listening to this. It's more of a like a, a thing to cover me and make it so that I'm able to live. And obviously then I can yeah. have the freedom to do my other projects on the side and fingers crossed, uh, turn it into something one day. And we're slowly making strides in the right direction. But it it's, yeah, it's a big thing, particularly living in London. Um, yeah. Everyone says to me, oh, especially coming out of school, wanting to be digital marketer. 
uh, everyone's like, oh, going to London, you can earn shed loads of money. But I didn't go into London because the stress of getting on a train as a wheelchair user, the stress of making sure that you're on the right train, someone's there to get you at the other end, then you've got to mm-hmm. get every, get your wheelchair in the car, drive home, get your wheelchair back out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a whole, it's a whole thing. And, and that's something that people need to realise is, that earning opportunities now, now not so much because COVID happened and everyone went wow we can all work from home and the whole disabled community sat there and was like we've been saying this stuff for years like I remember <laughs> saying to employers when when I was looking for jobs when I left school oh but I can learn from working at home oh we don't we don't really you obviously being new we want to really get you into the team when actually what they were really saying was you're 18 years old we don't trust you that you're going to do the work yeah when I was talking to someone on my podcast the other day and it's that whole thing of disabled people have this thing in the back of their head where they have to work 12 times harder than an average disabled uh, average person to hold down a job because they think the guillotine is above their head waiting to drop. As soon as you make a mistake, yeah. that's it. You're gone. You're disposable. When actually in, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not the way businesses think. But that's the chip on most disabled people's shoulders is we feel that we have to prove that we're worthy for that job. So it has. Disability played a big part in the career that I took, but then also took me into the career I do now outside of my day job. I wouldn't be sat here with you. I wouldn't own my own podcast. I wouldn't do half the opportunities that I do. So it's a bit of a catch-22, but then I suppose it's that old cliche, everything happens for a reason. So here I am. Yeah. And I think that what you said when you said that you didn't pursue like your acting because you didn't see the roles that were there for you. I think that's a really like profound thing for people to realize is that your hopes and dreams were, you know, at one point centered around going into like the Brit school, going to, you know, like dramatic arts. Let's like call it that for, for for the minute. Yeah. And actually... Yeah, because the play, like because the roles for you weren't there, you didn't go for it. But why aren't the roles there? Because you know we are like a part of society. So what does that say about the roles that are there in society? Like what what are we saying about media mm. and entertainment if the roles aren't there for yeah. you to play when actually they fucking should be? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's that whole thing of like, why is an able-bodied person playing a disability role? And one thing yeah. that was interesting is I had, um, not to bring it back to my podcast, but I had a guest on my podcast and he spun it on his head a little bit. We're both wheelchair users and both got a performing arts background, but he spun it on his head a little bit in terms of an actor wants to have a challenge. Mm-hmm. An actor wants to play something different. So for them, I suppose it's a challenge. Oh, I've got to play a disabled person. And actually I had a view of like, yeah, but you're taking it away from an actual disabled person that yeah. has lived experience. And to be honest, you're going to get much closer to that marker having that lived experience. And that's nothing against the uh, the guest. He's actually a really good friend of mine. But it was a really interesting concept to say it's a challenge for an able-bodied person to play a disabled role. But then it's taking that opportunity away from someone that could smack. Like, let's be honest. If either of us is asked to play a disabled person, we're going to smash it out the park. Because of guess course. what? <laughs> we are. <laughs> and it's like... It, 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 that's my whole thing is like as you say representation in the media isn't where it should be we're definitely making strides in the right direction we have shows like sex education obviously that's made a had a massive impact in the same community but yeah. they're not like you turn the corner and there's a disabled person it's like things like i love the last leg and that's a yeah. brilliant idea but that's not 
it's on regular, but it's not. I don't flick over from Channel 4 to ITV and it's another disabled person. It's, yeah. oh, I go to Channel 4 because they're the ones that actually, and that's like not directly at Channel 4. That's just an example. Like you're not going to see it at every stage. Like it's just not there. And that's the, that's the issue. But it is getting better. I have to say it is getting better. We're seeing particularly like uh, obviously acting is getting there slowly. Modeling starting to appear a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we are making strides in the right direction. It's just getting through to people that we're part of the community too. Yeah, and that's so and, true. That is so true. And also, we don't have to speak about this. Like, we don't have to be like, right, we've got Charlie on today, and he's going to talk about his disability. I could actually talk. I could actually talk about football. I could actually talk about yeah. like. I, I mean, I wouldn't because I don't know too much about the <laughs> politics. I could talk about the topics that everyone talks about because guess what? We have opinions too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like we almost, you always have the, 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 this is the disability section. Ta-da. And it's like, why aren't we just, why don't we ask Charlie, I don't know, what would, what would you like to be cooked on Good Morning Britain this morning? <laughs> I, I, it's just yeah it's that whole thing of like we don't have to just talk about our disability and obviously I have a very open perspective in terms of talking about my disability but then some people don't want to so it's opening that door to the individuals that don't just want to be the disability showcase they want to yeah. talk about their love of fashion or like something completely different and that opens that door so let's get this whole oh we can only have a disabled person if we're talking about something disabled or something to affect that community yeah let's just normalize why don't we ask why don't we ask brooke what her opinions are on skinny jeans love like, a pair of skinny jeans i'm all for them <laughs> oh mate the worst thing about being uh having cerebral palsy affecting your legs i have to wear spray on skinny jeans do you know how difficult they are to get on and off they are so hard <laughs> like glue on your skin yeah, but otherwise they just look like I'm wearing flares all the time, and I'm like, it's not, it's not the look I'm going for. It's just not the one. And so you mentioned your podcast, and I would love for you to talk a bit more about your podcast and like have a bit of a free reign moment. Like, go for it. Talk about your podcast. Tell yeah. me all about it. So, um, my podcast is, is just quite, a, from what I'm getting, is quite a similar platform to this of grabbing people with different disabilities, different backgrounds, particularly, and there's like a business bit to it as well, because mm-hmm. that's another passion of mine to sort of bring it together. But I really wanted it to be an open conversation. So I really wanted yeah. it to be, look, if, if swearing's your thing, go ahead and do it. If like, if, if using a term that some people find offensive is, is your thing, do it. Do it because that's your authentic self. I really wanted to grab someone and go, what is the real you? Forget what like yeah. what, what we should be doing. What what what's your view? What should we be doing from your view? And that's that's why I set up the not quite pod was let's let's get rid of this everyone analyzing what they say before they say it. Like yeah. just say it, just say it. Like I say, I'd much rather someone says something completely wrong and everyone stops and goes, hmm, that's hmm. Okay, we need to do some work there. I completely get where you're coming from, but we need to do some work before <laughs> you go out in the wider world and start using those terms. Um, and that, but then that, that's that's really the opportunity for someone to learn because I want to get rid of this whole thing of someone feeling awkward because they're learning something new. Like, yes, we've all yeah. let's be honest, we've all said some dumb stuff before. Before someone's gone, mm, you probably shouldn't have said that. 
Yeah. And then exactly. It, it's that gut feeling of you feel like a mug, whereas I'm trying to get rid of that and go, look, yes. OK, completely get where you're coming from. But here's here's why you want to might want to take it from this view. And that's that's why we we've opened this platform is that it's fun. It's friendly. It's a bit of banter. And I just love chatting to people. Yeah. And hence why I'm here. I just love sitting, having a chat, getting a grasp on someone's story, really diving into who they are, what makes them tick. Because then as well, like, it's like almost making friends really rapidly because you yeah, really get to no, know someone. I completely agree with you on that. It is almost like a like fast pass of like becoming, like making friendships. It's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. And that's why we got it. And it's, and it's, it's, as I say, for me, it's breaking down stereotypes. That's, that's mm. the belief of NQPC and always has been is breaking down stereotypes and talking about disability in a fun and friendly way. And, and I, I love it. I just, I don't know. It's my little baby. It's quite new. It's only, we've only been going since April, but I, I do. I love it. And uh, hopefully one day it will turn into something. Yeah. And I love that as well because I think. There's so much to be said about disability, like regardless of what you're saying, is that actually all disabled perspectives and, and you know, voices are all completely valid because while society tends to put disability under one massive umbrella term, there are so many different strands and intersections and how people view themselves and how, you know, the non-disabled community view themselves in, in relation to disability. It's all completely different, but there's space for absolutely all of it because all of it is absolutely valid because these are our lived experiences. And for yeah. so long, we weren't given the platform to talk about them no. and we weren't, you know, allowed to speak about them. We weren't allowed to have these conversations. We weren't allowed to mix with other disabled people. These things didn't exist. So for us now to have these platforms to be able to talk yeah. about disability and connect with other disabled creatives and also just to like, like you said, like make new friends is incredible. Yeah. And my favorite thing is watching someone like you can see I've said something that they're like, oh, I've got really strong opinions about this. And literally they go off like a grenade. But then they afterwards you speak to them and they're like, that feels a lot better. And I'm like, yes, yeah, that's what I love. I love that whole. See, you're like, you're not the only one. We all have that thing of like, oh, this is really stupid. Why does this happen? They should change this. And I love that because I sit there going, one, it highlights it. But then you can see the relief of someone to be able to speak to someone that gets it. They're like, yeah. no, yeah, I completely get that trains are a pain in the ass. There's so many things we could do better and it just doesn't feel like anything's happening. But it's nice to be able to say, am I going completely nuts or yeah. is this bloody ridiculous? Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant, like it's brilliant that you're creating that space for people to almost like bend and then be like, okay, let's spin it on its head and let's look at it from all different angles. Because quite often I think, the disabled community in general can be quite hot-headed and like I will absolutely yes. can, yeah. I will absolutely like put myself in that category like I can be quite hot-headed and when something annoys yeah. me like I don't really have a problem with being like this is wrong and this is outrageous but yeah. then actually after I've said it I'm like is it still as I was outrageous as I thought yeah. it was <laughs> yeah I, I had I had that. I went, where did I go? I went on holiday to Turkey and I had that at, um, when we landed back in the UK. So obviously for those that don't know, they normally uh, bring your bring bring your wheelchair up mm -hmm. to the plane, get you off and do it that way. But then we landed and I'd got, the, I'd checked my voicemails from when landed back home to see if anything happened. I'd got the notification that my car that I'd ordered in February wasn't going to arrive for another two months. 
Oh, so in my head, I'm like, for God's sake, then the bloke's come up and gone, oh, they forgot to tell us to get your wheelchair out. So we've now got you like one of the, the like, um, how what they called, one of the airport chairs. And I'm like, yeah. <sighs> and then they're trying to stick, and I really hate, I mean, I know some people have got to use them, but I really hate the aisle chairs because I feel yeah. like I've been Hannibal Lecter, like <laughs> strapped in. So I'm being strapped into this seat, just being told my car's not going to arrive. Then he's like, oh, I've not got your wheelchair. Then he all of a sudden goes, oh, no, now I've got your wheelchair. So I'm like, so I've just clambered off of this plane and my chair has been there the entire time. And I literally, I had a face up thunder. Then I sat there afterwards and was like, that all came from the fact that my car wasn't going to arrive. <laughs> if if that hadn't happened before it, I probably would have reacted like that. I would have probably been frustrated, but I would have been like, okay, whatever. But yeah. I was furious. I was like, nope. It's, it is really funny how there are so many like similar traits between disabled people, like tends to be like dark sense of humor, some form of like chaotic energy. Like, honestly, I don't really know, like, a disabled person who literally has, like, absolutely everything aligned and everything together. There is something inherently chaotic uh, about having a disabled body. Like, yeah. there just is. <laughs> and, like, dark yeah. sense of humour, hot-headed, but also really fun. Like, I don't know a boring disabled person. Yeah. Like, that's factual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we normally, like, I'd say, it's like... Some of us as well have hyper energy, so like you, it's like glitting, especially if we meet someone that gets it. We're like, oh, I love this. Like, I can actually speak properly to you. Yeah, that is, but yeah, instead, that is so true. Instead of meeting someone, it's like, oh, are you okay? It's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I remember I met um, Kat um, Katush, and she was on my podcast, a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We met at um, an event at the Purple Goat, uh, the Purple Goat, and uh, an agency did a party. Yeah. We're both at this party. And she came over, never met before. And she was like, you got Sarah Palsy in here. And I'm like, uh, yep. <laughs> she was like, I knew it. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I like too. <laughs> uh -uh. And then she goes, I was like, how did you tell? She was like, one, the T-Rex arms. I was like, wow, okay. We're just going straight in for the juggler. And then she's like, also like this whole being the center of attention and talking with your hands. That's a, that's a thing as well. And then she, we all do this, like if, anyone else that's got cerebral palsy it's when she said this i went oh my god that is so true so we all do this like weird head back tilt thing that you do so like if someone's pushing your wheelchair you'll do this weird like head tilt back thing to try and talk to the person behind you but you look weird as hell doing it <laughs> but you don't like at the time it feels completely normal you're not doing anything weird and then afterwards someone shows you a picture and they're like hmm what's going on there <laughs> What are but, you doing? <laughs> yeah, it, and it's like, it's those situations I love because I think they're going, that's when it's really funny because you're like, I thought that was just me, but okay, yeah, no, apparently that's a cerebral palsy trait. But okay, cool. <laughs> so I like to ask everyone, and I yep. really need to figure out how I word this because every time I do it, it kind of comes out not so great, but we'll we'll roll with this. <laughs> do yep. you have... Hit me with it, go on a piece of advice for a younger version of yourself so younger charlie but also yep. a younger person with the same disability as you um my best piece of advice and it's something i've only realized recently is the quickie now this sounds really like oh you make it sound so easy 
But the quicker you can get to accepting your disability, like, yes, you're going to have good, good days, bad days. You're going to have days when you think, why the hell did I get picked for this shit? Like, you're going to get days like that. That's going to happen no matter whether you, you've accepted it or not. But the sooner you get to accepting, yeah, I am different, uh, but I, I still have a good life and still can experience yeah. this, that and the other. That's the best place to be. And that's something that I've only really hit sort of, I say, probably say 18. I hit that and that was and mm-hmm. not to stroke my friend's ego, but then that was when I found the group of friends I have now. And like that yeah. was, they really helped me just go, look, like it is what it is. Like if when we go out, we need to find a disabled toilet, we'll find a disabled toilet. If you need help putting your shoes on, we'll put your shoes on. And that really helped me in terms of like, I didn't feel like a burden to anyone, but then also psychologically for me, it made me go, oh shit, this isn't as, like it sucks at times, but it isn't as bad as I first thought. And it's all about finding the right circle around you as well. So that's why I always say, really focus on who you've got around you because they're going to be the ones that support you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's It's like, I love the fact that now I've got a group of friends where if I go, we're going on a night out and I'm like, shit i've still got my crocs on i can't get well now actually no now it's trendy so i could go out with crocs however i can't uh, at the time crocs were not the one so i'm like i can't go out with crocs so i'd go to my friend oh can you just quickly change shoes and it turned into this hilarious 20 minutes because one we we'd had a few drinks before we were going out two my friend ties laces in the weirdest way possible <laughs> three he can't get my foot in the shoe because he can't flip in the C straight god knows how we're already on our second drink but then those little stories come about because yes you've got your weird wonderful ways of doing things and things that you need support with mm. but it gets rid of that awkwardness of oh shit I need my shoes put on but I don't want to ask my friend or like one of the yeah. hardest things was getting my head around asking my now girlfriend I mean we've been together six years so it doesn't stand bat an eyelid but at the time when we first got together, asking her to put my shoes on was the most like yeah. embarrassing thing ever to be like, can you just put my shoes on? I was just waiting for her to go, what? <laughs> what did you just ask me? And that's the thing. It's like one, obviously, uh, to summarise, one, um, really try and uh, get to a place where you fully accept your disability. Because unfortunately, unless we find a miracle pill, they're probably not going to go anywhere. You're yeah. going to have things that get better, they get worse whatever happens happens but the sooner you can go look this is me this is the card i'm dealt let's just see what we can do with it that's that's the best place to be in and i'm not saying that happens overnight i know what i'm asking people to do is something that's a bit weird and a bit like oh yeah if only it was that simple charlie what are you talking about how do i even start that i don't know how you start that all i can say is just chip out chip away i'm not saying you're going to be there mm-hmm. tomorrow but just chip away at really going look it is what it is let's just have a laugh of it and then also on top of that really find if you can find a group of friends a group of friends and a group of people that you really click with because that's going to get rid of because a lot of what makes you feel an outsider unsettled is the people that you have around you because you've got that nervous energy of oh if I say the wrong thing or if I ask help with this it's really weird or if I need help with this what am I going to do or if I don't know but it's that finding people that go yeah, I don't care that you need help with that. We're, we're mates, it's fine. Like, let's just make let's just make a bit of a joke of it. That's all it is for me now. And that's that's a great place to be. And I'm not, as I, as I said previously, it's not something that 
you've done it. It's all completed. You're always going to be happy. You're always going to have bad days, but then so does your average Joe. It's yeah. not, it's not specialist to disabled. Yes, we have extra shit. And yes, there are certain things that like, yes, Karen, but let's be honest, I have a little bit more shit to deal with than you. But <laughs> I, yeah, but then it's just trying to get to that place where I actually feel good most of the time. And then every time you have that dip, you've got that circle around you to pull you back up. Yeah. I think that's so valuable what you said about the people around you, particularly regarding disability, because you're right in that actually if you don't have the right people around you, you can feel very nervous and very on edge, especially when you need, you know, extra, extra hand or, you know, something that you might really need help with asking the wrong person yeah. can make you feel really on edge and, and like quite nervous. So actually I think that's a really wonderful piece of advice is that surround yourself with people that love you for exactly who you are and and nothing else and now just to add on to that as well as that i'd all say as well which is something i'm learning over the last few months a lot of the stuff that you think oh that's ridiculous i'm gonna have to ask this person to help them they've never helped me before most of the time most people are like yeah sure <laughs> i most people go yeah it's fine don't worry about it like it's not a problem and it's mostly that you've built it up in your head as this weird thing that oh, okay if i do this i'm gonna look like an alien no it's just it's just you building up in your head realistically most people will look at that and go that's how charlie does it fine yeah. move on <laughs> yeah like next <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's probably my last bit is there uh, say Get, try and get over that hurdle of asking people for help and that's something I'm working on it's like I'm, I'm very reluctant to ask a stranger for help but most people are decent people um and will help you yeah that's very true so for you and, and for me and actually for the whole general disabled population and we've actually touched on this earlier so we get asked some very bizarre questions quite regularly <laughs> Yep. And I was wondering if you could tell me or like if you had any particular question that every time you get <laughs> answered, asked it, you're like, oh, not again. Or you're like, mm. for goodness sake. Or actually, mm. like you've got have you got a really good comeback for an awkward question that you, that you get asked. I've got quite a few. <laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> We've got ages. Um, We've got as long as it takes. Oh <laughs> uh, man, like honestly, like I swear every disabled person has this. But it is, some of the questions are utterly ridiculous. But then again, like one, they give me a story to tell, and two, in that person's head, it sounded completely normal. So take this with a pinch of salt <laughs> because obviously I do preach, ask the question and we'll sort out the shit later. So yeah. fair enough. You you literally took my point and shoved it down my throat, so that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But um, some of the weirdest ones I've had is as a as a particularly as a male, one of the ones we always get is, "Does it work? Why is that always the first place everyone goes to? Does it work?" People effing mm. love that question, mm. particularly for guys. And I've mm. noticed it's like I've spoken to quite a few like males, particularly who do have like cerebral palsy. And this question gets brought up so much. And I'm just like so intrigued by it because, A, at what point did someone think mm. that that was acceptable to ask? But also, yeah. like, why are you so heavily interested in that? Like, like, what is yeah. it doing for you? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and then I've had... Uh, if you and your girlfriend have kids, will the kids come out in wheelchairs? 
that was that was a good one. <laughs> oh to my which, god! To which I responded, "Yeah, they come out in pink and blue ones." Oh my goodness! You like you couldn't yeah. write it. You actually couldn't yeah. write it. I mean, most of the ridiculous ones are around intimacy and dating. Yeah. Um, to be honest, most of those ones are the most ridiculous. Um, I often, my girlfriend often gets like, "Oh, like." Well done you for like taking care of him and this, that, the other. And it's like, he's not a booby prize. I I don't know why people have this thing of, oh, well done. Like, oh yeah, like thank you. Thank you for looking after him. Like she's well not a terror. Well done you for dating someone with a disability. Aren't you a mm. good soul? Boring. <laughs> Jesus, I'll tell you what, I say Gina, um, my other half, that had never really dealt with anyone with a disability before she met me. Mm-hmm. Now, god damn it, she's feisty. I'm like, okay, <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Right, there's seven, seven disabled spaces. He's taking up one. The other th- the other eight are, are are available. We have to get to we have to get here by eight o'clock. It's currently 5:55 at uh, 7:55. We need to go. I don't care if you want to fight him. <laughs> that's so great though that like before your girlfriend met you she hadn't like experienced the whole like I'd call it the disabled experience because you know like we are an experience as people and like and now she's like almost just as feisty if not more so because she sees how it impacts like day-to-day life and I kind of love that for Mm. you and for her Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it's, that's where a lot of our questions come from. Is like, yeah. it's be, being in a relationship, like as well. We're both ginger, so that throws <laughs> everyone com- completely off because everyone thinks it's just incest is wincest, but it's not. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And that's literally where everyone goes. I can't believe I just said that on the podcast. But there we go. It's it's there now. Can't take it back now. <laughs> no. Um moving on. <laughs> oh. No, to be fair, like, yeah, so that's a lot of it comes from relationships like essay, does it work? How how do you like how do you do XYZ? Um, yeah, or is he any good, which is one of my favourites. What random like people Yeah. It, to be honest, most of my weird ones, like a lot of, I think it's because in my head, everything else I can see the logic for. So I can go, yeah, okay, I can see why you're asking this. I'm going to answer with this. Yeah. But that one, it's just how people go straight in for the jugular. Straight yeah. in, like, yep, I'm going for this one. And it's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> could have warmed me up first, maybe taken me out for a drink and we could have had a nice yeah. time. But no, you're diving straight in. <laughs> it's normally like, hi, my name's Charlie. Nice to meet you. No, no, we're just going, okay, fine, cool, <laughs> carry on. What what would you like to know next? <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, I can't think of any, like, normal weird, but then I suppose they wouldn't be weird if they were, like, any, like, ones aren't relationships surrounding, and a lot of mine from that. Yeah. Like, weird ones like that. Like, all the other ones you can see the logic behind, like, can you drive? Can you feel your... The other one that's a little bit weird is, can you feel your legs? I'm a bit like... Mm, some some of that one that one throws me off sometimes because I'm like I mean I'm literally standing right in front of you on a walking frame what do you think (laughs) (laughs) I love people I do I love people so much like I'd love to understand why people ask the questions they do or the other ones does he want does he want a coffee 
Yes, yes, please. Two sugars. <laughs> and that's because they think that you're not going to be able to respond back. Yeah, yeah. Or the other one that's my favourite is, uh, are you okay? Do you know what you're doing? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> wow. People, like, people genuinely amaze me. People, like, I, like, there's never been a time that someone has said what their like weird question is to me that I haven't been yeah. like taken aback because people get so yeah. many different things and particularly like different disabilities get very different, different questions. Yeah. It amazes me. Genuinely, it amazes me. But like, thank the you for sharing your weird and wonderful ones. I think they're hilarious. <laughs> the other one I get, and we were talking about this, me and my friends were talking about this, was Anytime you speak to a disabled person that works, like has has a day job or that might be self-employed or do whatever, it's always like, oh, is it a charity? No, it's a business. That is <laughs> so like... true. That is so true. Yeah, it is. It's literally like, why does everyone think we all work for charities? In which case, like, yeah, like we just sit there. Yeah, we just sit there raising money for everyone else. We don't worry about ourselves. Yeah, no, we don't have bills to pay. We don't have mouths to no. feed. Yeah, we don't need food. We are in that. We are the lesser species. <laughs> People like to believe, but actually, they are wrong. We are not. <laughs> Why are we not locked in a cupboard somewhere and just left? <laughs> It's like, oh, it's just people, people amaze me. Like literally that whole thing of, oh, is it a charity? No, I can tell you about five or six people that run their businesses as successful CEOs and could wipe the floor with you. Yeah, exactly that. Interesting is that I like to think about positive attributes that we all have as people, because I believe that, you know, we all go through some form of hardship in our life. And I, I do believe if you haven't necessarily gone through some form of hardship, then it's probably on its way to you. But during these times, yeah. I think if you can focus on like a positive attribute about yourself, or if you look back upon reflection and think, actually, I handled this situation really, really well, then you've grown from it. Right. And so yeah. I was wondering, do you have a particular positive attribute within yourself that actually you're really proud of? Um, hmm, good question. Really good question. Um, I'd probably say, I think I will come back to being an open book. And that's mm. all my thing, because I can, I like to think I can always put someone at ease. And that's my yeah. favourite thing. I can always go, look, it, it's fine. We can, we can get through this. It's absolutely fine. That, that's one attribute that I always like. I can always settle someone down. Because I think a lot of it comes in from, obviously, as you said you've had your own hardships and I can relate to some of it like people yeah. who are suffering with anxiety whether that be from stress from work or a family situation I can sit there and go I get it I completely get it and try these things because these things help with me and that's my favorite thing is by being so approachable and so honest so people people always say to me you wear your heart on your sleeve but I'll tell you I don't know what my sister's name is within two days two days of knowing you and that's because I just think, look, the more you know about me, the more comfortable you're going to be about me. And the more we can actually talk about proper stuff, not just, so what did you think of the football result yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, so that's my whole thing is being so approachable and also using that experience and that approachability to help others. It's my favourite thing to be able to do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people people go through hell every day and people don't know. 
Like it's that whole thing of my favorite thing. And my friend said this to me, people only know the stresses they're exposed to or only know the things that they're exposed to. So something that you like, something that you you might look at and go, why is he getting so stressed about that? When actually he's never experienced that level of stress. You've surpassed that and you were able to cope with yeah. that. So that's completely different. So stop going, oh, but I got on with this and I didn't do this or I did this and didn't get stressed. Get that out of your head because it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's something I'd want to point out to people is look, people only know what they're exposed to. So the more you can help people from your experience, whether that means that you've surpassed them and dealt with a higher level of stress, or higher level of anxiety, or you've just learned better coping mechanisms, use that. Use that. Show them the way because no one wants to be in that hellhole. Everyone hates it. You, you speak to anyone that's been in that situation, everyone hates it. No one goes, oh, do you know what I want to be today? Anxious. No. <laughs> <laughs> it it doesn't work yeah um so yeah that's my thing is just being open being on it so my that's my favorite attribute is being so such an open book and that's i suppose that's a key indicator of what my platform is about is being open and being honest so yeah yeah and i think actually that's such a lovely attribute to have as a person especially Especially in today's world where actually a lot of people can be very guarded and not necessarily everybody is willing to open up because God knows what you might find out about a person. But actually being an open book is such a brilliant attribute to have because like you said, like you wear your heart on your sleeve and at least people, A, at least people know where they stand with you. Like there's no like, put like, you know, there's no bullshit. But number two, it also means like you said, like you're able to help other people out with their experiences through your own experiences, which I think... I personally think it's the most like wonderful thing in the world if you can learn from another person through like lived experience or through their experience. I think it's a brilliant thing that you can pass on that message. So I think, yeah, like what what a banging attribute to have. Like how cool is that? I'd say it's just the way I was brought up to be open and honest. And like as I think it was where I became very articulate at a very young age in terms mm-hmm. of I I understood a lot more, I suppose, adult conversations in terms of when I was younger. I could I couldn't run around. So I just sat at the dinner table with the adults and tried to chip in where I could and have the conversations. Because of that, I've become a lot more socially aware and a lot more, I'm very into having conversations. I'm not really, I was never, I don't get wrong, I love a good party, but never really into that whole clubbing thing. Like it wasn't me one, they're most, the most inaccessible places, but then two, I much prefer to sit in a bar, have a chat how's things going, what's not coming, well, oh, I've got this really cool business idea, let me spin it past you, that's the most radical shit I've ever heard, that's fantastic, let's do that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd much rather have those conversations than sort of go out partying because you don't really get to know someone by yeah. going out to a rave. They're great fun, but you don't get to know someone really. Uh, because you're just shouting over music <laughs> and I sound like a little old man and that's that's terrible but there you go <laughs> do you know what though I think that's such a it's so key though because I think everything that you said is uh actually when you don't necessarily get to know people at like it can be very one-dimensional it can be very transactional like you know going yeah. out is good fun like I love going out. It's a it's a good laugh. But also like I'm with you. Yeah. I absolutely love sitting down, getting to know these people, like getting to know new people. And like it's probably why I also have my own podcast is because I also freaking love a chat. Like I love getting to learn yeah. about people. Yeah. So for, I completely understand what you're saying about things being very transactional and very one dimensional, because I think 
I'm someone who also loves like deepness. Like I absolutely love getting to know someone and like really getting to know what makes them tick. And like that for me is what like makes the world go around. So yeah, completely, completely understand you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be the granny and you can be granddad. (laughs) Like (laughs) Sounds great to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I've only got one final question for you. And I think you're going to like it. Like I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. And if you don't like it, I'll, I'll probably be quite surprised. But that is Charlie. Are you disabled and proud? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, yeah. As I said earlier, like it's all about getting to the stage where you can accept your disability as much as possible. And not everyone gets to that stage, but the, the more you can progress to that stage, the better. So for me, I always look back and go, how many dumb opportunities did I get? Because I'm sat in a wheelchair. Like yeah. I, I have a really weird conflict of interest in terms of i hate the box ticking exercise so i hate the whole thing of like yeah. oh we must have a disabled person tick the box but then i also sit there thinking no nah, fuck it just use it <laughs> like because there's the amount of opportunities that just pop up because they're like oh we need a disabled person and i'm like hi yeah <laughs> and that, that's the thing is like the more you can get to that that space it's better but then also like the amount of, like i say i said earlier the amount of opportunities i had i've been on I've been on TV. I've I've met some amazing people. I've had some amazing opportunities, worked with some amazing companies, all because I'm the guy in a wheelchair that posts his random shit on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. And I also talks a lot of shit on his podcast. But yeah, and that's my favorite thing is like, yes, it's hard because people go, oh, people shouldn't know me for my disability. Like that shouldn't define who I am. But then I sit there and I'm like, 95 percent of my humor comes from my disability so like conflict of interest but yeah i to come back to your point i i because people always ask us would you hand back your disability and i personally i always answer this question no the reason being because of the amount of opportunities i got from being disabled being that guy that's in a wheelchair that's ginger that's a bit loud a bit proud and a bit and a bit wants to be the center of attention and and that's the great thing because that's who I am. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know what I would have been. I could have been an, an accountant. I could have played football. I don't know. I don't know. But why, why worry about it? Because it's not in my lifetime. I always go to the view of in my lifetime, it's not going to happen. So let's make the most of what we got. Exactly. And I actually think that's a really beautiful place to wrap up. Um, I have genuinely loved this chat today. I think it's going to be so insightful for so many people and like your energy is so infectious and you are very very funny so thank you so much for giving up your time to be on the podcast today I like super mega appreciate it and I can't wait for you to hear it anytime I say as we were talking about before I feel like I just waffled so <laughs> if any, if anyone finds this insightful let me know because like it feels like I waffled <laughs> no worries but thank you so much Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.